From our studios in North Florida, it's in black and white. And now your host, the baby-faced assassin of freedom, Jerry Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome again to another week of Adventures in Podcasting within Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary. And I am Jerry Brooks, not just your baby-faced assassin of freedom, but also your tour guide through the wackadoodle world of the radical American left with only eight, that's right, only eight more days until showtime. And yes, that's also election day, folks. But yes, we are, we are at it. It's a little tiring, I have to admit. I, <laughs> I, I was so tired this weekend. I mean, we did uh, our Saturday special, our second to last one. Uh, so this is going to be another full week as we get into uh, election day come a week from tomorrow. And I have to admit that yours truly did get a bit tired because I forgot to update the countdown on inblackandright.net, the website. So I realized, like, oh my goodness, no, it's not 10 days, it's 8 days today until Election Day. So, yes, that was fixed, and it's running just fine. But, yeah, it just, like, just to kind of give you some insight, yeah, yours truly has been a little bit on the tired side, but I'm not giving up. We've still got a country to get uh, back on track and a country to save. So, yes, my friends, uh, before we get into uh, today's batch of intriguing news, uh, excuse me, you can also uh, reach us. At in black and right at gmail.com. If you want to drop off an email with questions or comments, whatever, uh, you can also uh, reach us uh, at our website in black and right.net. So, we're uh, check out the online store, we've got some uh, great patriotic and uh, Christian uh, merchandise there for you. So, it's going to be it's kind of nice, it helps keep the show on the air. Uh, also, if you want to uh, listen and subscribe to the In Black and Right podcast, just simply go where you get your podcast. We are on every platform, uh, big, small, in between. And yes, you can find us on uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, what, wherever you go. You can definitely find In Black and Right. Just look for the flaming microphone, and just make sure you use an ampersand instead of the word A-N-D when you're looking for it, because some people have told me they weren't able to find it because uh, they put in the letters A-N-D instead of the ampersand. So, it is easy to find, folks. So, subscribe. We love it. Uh, I'm having a great time uh, meeting people uh, throughout the country, not just here in beautiful North Florida. But I've had a great time uh, talking to a lot of people throughout the country. And we're still going to keep going at it full steam. And hopefully it'll culminate election night uh, with us doing a live stream. And I will get you more information on that when it becomes available. So, as we begin Monday. Oh boy. You do not make the mistake of thinking 
that election integrity is truly an American problem. It is not. Yesterday, in Brazil, uh, Bolsonaro was apparently beaten by a corrupt socialist, Lula da Silva, former president, who actually was in prison for corruption charges. I thought, oh my gosh. I mean, apparently it was a very close election, but I'm not 100% convinced uh, about that. And it was pretty crazy to hear what happened and why it was so close. But as I was listening to people who've been on the ground in Brazil uh, reporting on this, but apparently some breaking news as of yesterday. Um, and the headline is reading, Forensic experts suggest mathematical red flags, quote-unquote, in first round of Brazilian presidential election. And it's citing Benford's Law, which is a statistical model uh, and highly recognized uh, when you're, when you're uh, analyzing uh, all kinds of data. So I have a feeling this, uh, until we get a little bit more information uh, about this, I, I don't want to get too deep into it until I have much, much more information uh, about this and what's going on with this uh, mathematical uh, problem. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. Now, from what I've heard so far, apparently Brazilians don't really have paper ballots. It's all digital. And I thought, oh, oh, this, well, yeah, hello. This is pretty crazy. Uh, you know, we've got problems with machines here in the States. That's what led to the mess in 2020. And now you've got Brazil, which I believe has gone completely digital. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now I'm beginning to see some of this. But like I said, until I have more information about what happened in Brazil, I don't really want to get into it too deep into the weeds because I need uh, to spend some time studying some of this. But at least back here in the United States, a great story uh, from, let's see, from Just the News, John Solomon with another blockbuster. Man, I don't, that man works so dang hard. If you're not a fan of Just the News, get it. Justthenews.com, look at it. Let, it. let it be a part of your regular routine, because it is a part of mine, that is for certain. But yes, apparently, Congressional Republicans, reading the headline, Congressional Republicans deploy election observers to tight races and to investigate irregularities. And I thought, oh boy, this could get interesting in a hurry. Now, uh, the story talked about Rodney Davis, who is the top Republican on the House Administration Committee, is organizing nationwide monitoring army and peppers federal and local officials with letters of oversight. Now, this is going to be really interesting. Uh, determined, uh, and just reading the first part of this, determined to use their oversight authority to ensure election integrity, House Republicans are deploying dozens of trained observers to key races around the country 
while dispatching letters putting federal and state officials on notice to look for any shenanigans in the midterms. Oh, ouch, ouch, and ouch. This is, this is something I really haven't heard before. But, yes, apparently, uh, let's see, I want to find a little bit later in the story. Oh, yes, there we go. Uh, excuse me. But, yeah, they, they are actually taking congress, congressional observers, congressional observers, uh, to send out to these really tight races. And I'm thinking to myself, well, dang, I kind of wish they did that in 2020, but, hey, they got the idea, and now they're going for it. Because if Congress can't use its oversight authority to watch out for elections, then forget about it. Just forget about it, because we're going to end up <clears throat> with another 2020 if we don't hold these people to account. And apparently now that you have a the congressional uh, committees involved in this with, uh, with administration and oversight, Oh, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be absolutely fun in eight days. Because there are some tight races out there. And do not be the least bit surprised, as I've told folks and I've warned folks, don't be surprised if there's going to be some, uh, you know, the cheat is on. Especially in places like Pennsylvania, where over a quarter million ballots were sent out to people Without, without verified IDs, you have the Colorado Secretary of State sending out some 30,000 uh, voter-related uh, voter material to people who aren't even citizens. 30,000. That's not just a little dinky mistake. And, of course, you have uh, the racist uh, Katie Hobbs in Arizona who is running for governor and also is Secretary of State, having sent out some 6,000 ballots uh, to people in Arizona with only federal races. Not state races, not county races, nothing of the sort. So, And this is not Katie Hobbs' first mistake when it comes to this sort of thing. Trust me. Uh, and for Arizona, again, hey... You got to vote. Uh, you got to vote the whole um, the whole ticket, the whole Republican ticket. Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, Abe Hamaday, Mark Fincham. You got to vote for these guys because I guarantee you, it was kind of funny. Uh, speaking of Carrie Lake, uh, and and I've kind of gone off gone off a little bit off subject, but still. The fact that you're having to have your, your Congress, the Republicans in Congress, are sending observers, federal, I mean, this is federal stuff, folks. I mean, yes, if you are doing the same thing as an election observer, a poll worker, in your precinct, in your county, in your community, absolutely, we need your eyes just as much as these congressional Republican observers need them as well. 
So what you're doing is important. This is more of a force multiplier with having these uh, Republicans observing because you didn't get a lot of partisan observers in Detroit in 2020. You didn't get them in Philadelphia. You didn't get them in a lot of places. You were just, they were just sort of, no, COVID, no, 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 get away, get away. No, you can't do that. So, yeah, this is going to be real interesting. But let's see how much steel these Democrats have in their spine to try to steal the election again for a whole bunch of races. And there's some tight ones. There are some tight ones. Uh, a House, U.S. Senate. Yeah, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how that works. But along that same line, well, maybe not along, totally same, along the same line, this whole Paul Pelosi thing, I mean, it's four days past, and we cannot and probably will not get any real answers. You know, because the mainstream media, especially MSLSD, wants to try to gaslight people and put the idea in some of these wackadoodles' heads that this was a Trump, this was a Trump thing, it was a MAGA thing, to try and change the narrative eight days out from Election Day. Problem is, with the, the corporate media like MSLSD, uh, not all Americans are brain dead. There, there has not been any real evidence. There's no body cam footage from the San Francisco police. There's been no video footage at all from the Pelosi home. Then you've got conflicting stories of was there a third person? Was there not a third person? Was why did the police show up? Was it a wellness check or was it in response to a 911 call? Ay yay ay. But one thing is for certain. This is nothing more than a major league psychops a little over a week before the election to try and put forth their I mean, it's narrative-driven. I mean, come on, folks. I keep telling you. The mainstream corporate media are intellectually dishonest. They are morally bankrupt. They have no sense of propriety. And they're driven by narrative rather than facts and truth. So you have to take what the corporate media says with a grain of salt because... There's been no real, uh, there, there's been no real evidence. I mean, the guy who was captured by police was apparently a one-time Green Party type who was a, who's a nudist, lives in Berkeley, uh, and he's, it's just, ugh. Too many conflicting stories. There's not enough fact pattern in there. And people that I know who have been or are law enforcement just smell a rat. And other people who are, you know, who've been in law enforcement, they, they, there's just too many problems. Just too, too many problems uh, about this. 
and it's not making any sense. There's no chronology or a timeline. What happened to who, when? The facts are not in evidence. And if they are, it's all convoluted. It needs to be in a timeline that makes sense. This happened with Uvalde, the Uvalde, Texas massacre at the grade school. Until there was a timeline, uh, what events happened when to whom? Until then, it's just the mainstream media doing what they can to save their sorry butts because they know several anatomical parts were going to be handed to them on November the 8th. And now you've got uh, congressional observers uh, in all of these key states. They've trained their army, they know what to do, and they're going with full congressional authority. Huh, you gotta love that. You just gotta love that. And especially key states like Pennsylvania. Oh, and believe you me, the cheat is on there. And they're doing their dangest to save uh, John Fetterman and Josh Shapiro. So, hey folks, if you know people out in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, hey, give, give Oz your vote and also Mastriano. They need it. Because I can assure you, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are going to do their dangest to make life just absolutely difficult for them, and especially when you've got over a quarter million ballots out there that need to be verified. That's insane. So, yeah, so there's that. Now, one part, and I've got a lot of questions about this over the weekend. We're going to switch gears here. Now, what blows my mind is, uh, I was asked more than once over the last few days about the diesel situation. And it is quite serious. You know, why are we having a diesel shortage now? We are, gosh, not even three, we're about maybe two and a half weeks away from running out of diesel reserves. And that is that would spell big time disaster for multiple uh, American industries and would bring the economy really to a virtual standstill. Uh, it's not just, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to go through this. It is not just the trucking industry that will suffer. And for all the over the road guys that I know and all those who are working in that, God bless each and every one of you, because we need you, and we need you badly. But it's not just that. It's farmers. Now, I found a story in Forbes magazine as to why America is having a shortage of diesel fuel. <coughs> Excuse me. And I'll tell you, it, it, it's, it's interesting because it, it expanded what I knew about the energy industry, uh, but still, why, why on earth is the Biden administration completely clueless? Now, I know they have a, a vehement hatred of fossil fuels, 
but until you can get electric uh, trucks, uh, semis, uh, some they're not going to run on they're not going to run on electricity right now. But still, oh my goodness, I keep thinking about this, and it just it kind of makes my brain hurt because it's not just the trucking industry. You're talking farmers right now. They could certainly use it, and they've needed it for quite a while. Uh, I live in an area where there are some beautiful farms, beautiful farmland, but yet they're going to run, uh, a lot of these local farmers are running out of diesel for their trucks, for their tractors, for their combines and other equipment. It's the construction industry uh, that can't get diesel for its heavy equipment, uh, bulldozers and what have you, backhoes. They need that. Uh, also, you're talking... Oh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, ships. The rail industry. Uh, the diesel trains. Uh, modern... Um, sorry. Modern diesel... Uh, modern trains run on diesel. Ships run on diesel. And, and, and looking at this story, I, I love how... Forbes gets into this because I, I sometimes I get a little bit uh, confused on a lot of the facts, but just to read a little bit of this story from Forbes magazine uh, talking about uh, the diesel shortage. Uh, the energy the Energy Information Administration reported that distillate inventories were at their lowest level since 2008. Now, when they talk about distillates, it's what they make. And the, th the primary ones are diesel, jet fuel, and heating oil. Three things that are very much in need right now. Uh, diesel for trucks and other transportation and all the other related industries. You've got jet fuel. Hey, we're, a le we're a less than a month. From Thanksgiving and the holiday travel season, oh yeah, we need that jet fuel and heating oil. Oh yeah, as the weather is getting cooler in the Northeast and in the Great Lakes, I mean it's already starting now, so yeah, you're going to need that heating oil or natural gas and it's going to be a fortune, an absolute fortune, not just here in the United States but in Europe. They are doing whatever they possibly can to prevent an absolute disaster this winter in Europe, especially in Eastern Europe, Scandinavia, Northern Europe, and all the other places that traditionally have rather cold winters. Now, a lot of that is has to do with the Russians, but according to the story um, here in Forbes magazine, U.S. refinery capacity has fallen in the past few years as several unprofitable refineries were closed. Now, that's one of the reasons why uh, they're talking about the diesel shortage because there aren't enough refineries uh, to handle the job. But mostly, the story talks about the big, the really big reason why we're having a problem with diesel. The primary reason is the cutoff of Russian imports. 
Prior to Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, the U.S. was importing nearly 700,000 barrels a day of petroleum and petroleum products. Most of these products, well, most of these imports were finished products and refinery inputs that boosted distillate supplies in the U.S. So, yes, instead of using our own reserves, instead of, in, instead of that messed up dysfunctional love affair with the green raw deal, using our own oil to produce our own diesel, and maybe even send it some, send some of that to other countries. But nope, because we have the Biden administration and its mental midgets absolutely zealously in love with the green raw deal. And that raw deal is going to cost Americans. I mean, can you even want to embrace around your brain what happens if we don't have enough diesel? Especially right now. I mean, today is Halloween, but can you imagine that around Thanksgiving when you're going to your grocery store and you can't find what you can't find turkeys for Thanksgiving because they can't get there because we have no diesel? There are no trucks? I mean, I, 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 I try to imagine this, and it freaked me out. Blows my mind every time. When you're thinking, how much of our economy will be brought to a grinding halt just because Joe Biden and his ding-dongs there in his regime didn't have the foresight to, uh, you know, to keep diesel going. This is why it's so expensive. I mean, you have regular gas, you know, around uh, four bucks a gallon or five or six, maybe even more if you're in Southern California. But diesel is on average costing over a dollar more or buck fifty more uh, per gallon than regular fuel, and that's really horrible because it's it's it the energy costs are still going to be, for the trucking industry and farmers and construction, it's going to be a major expense. And if those expenses keep going up and up and up, how many businesses are going to go out of business because it's not able to do what it needs to do? It doesn't have the energy, it doesn't have the, the diesel to, uh, to run trucks or to run heavy equipment. This is the legacy of Joe Biden. And for those who voted for it, well, uh, no, no. I, I don't even want to get into that. And especially with the woke Christians who thought, oh, it was so nice. We don't get to have Trump. Yeah, you got worse than Trump. I guarantee you, people, if you thought it was great, um, if you didn't like your mean tweets, guarantee you'll take the mean tweets if it gets you $2 a gallon gasoline. This is just foolishness. But, hey, what can we do, folks? What can we do? We're just, uh, we just have to get through this. And I don't know what's going to happen with a lot of these congressional committees and oversight and hearings. I thought, ay, 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 ay. This is going to be, it's going to be real hot 
And I don't mean weather-wise in D.C. because there's going to be a lot of people who need, and I don't not want need to be held to account. You just have to. Because if it doesn't happen, if people like Fauci don't get their comeuppance and get busted for what they did to millions of Americans for two and a half years with these crazy mask mandates, vaccine mandates, these woke companies that pretty much bent over and grabbed the ankles and got on, you know, vaccine mandate fever. Oh, no, because there will be no justice. There, there won't be any justice, I swear. It, it, it's crazy. But as I'm kind of getting to the end here today, there's one big story uh, that I definitely want to get into. And this is the U.S. Supreme Court is hearing today oral arguments in affirmative action cases at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And this is talking about the, anti, the anti-Asian bias that seems to be uh, in a lot of these colleges and college admissions because they are wanting to have quotas. Uh, you're going to have uh, you know, black students, Hispanic students get, you know, getting in to colleges, but Asians tend to get very, well, shall we say, put to the uh, put to the side because a lot of what they do because of their culture and their devotion to academic education, to academia, and academic excellence. But they don't get the benefits that blacks and Hispanics do, and, and well, of course, and and, and white kids too. So, yeah, you've got several um, anti-discrimination groups among Asians. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not liking this. They are absolutely not liking this at all. So, yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the newest justice, uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, what she does. Because she's all about identity politics. But it's but you're still going to have pretty much a six to three uh, for the conservative court unless uh, you get somebody like Kavanaugh or Roberts or somebody goes wackadoodle and just turns it into a mess. So yes, this is going to be interesting because now the very same Supreme Court, everything's fine now. Now that you've got a brand new session of the court that started uh, just, gosh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, but forget the fact that over the summer, because of the Hobbs decision, before Katanji Brown-Jackson was on the court, oh yeah, we have to go after them. We have to go after them. You're going to harass them. And all these radical leftists were looking to harass the justices who sent abortion back to the states, including an assassination attempt on Justice Kavanaugh. Let's not forget, folks, these people, these radical loons, are still out there. They are going to do what, they're going to continue this, and so long as they have the backing of the White House, the backing of the Injustice Department, and the Attorney General, yeah, this is going to continue, because if somehow 
the, the leftist mob doesn't get the ruling they want on this case and other cases. Yeah. I mean, these are good. I, I warned people over the summer. These are not mentally balanced people. They are zealots, and they are dangerous zealots. Get real, folks. They're, going, they're here, they're here to stay, and frankly, I take the position of Justice Thomas. I never thought affirmative action was a decent idea, but it was very wrong-headed, and it has definitely not been helpful, really not that helpful for blacks, for Hispanics, for women, for white kids, and Asians, because so many people have gotten hurt just because they can't get much of a break in college because of somebody else, just because of their ethnicity. And that is wrong, and always has been wrong, the entire time. The entire time. So, it's going to be interesting to see how the court rules on this affirmative action case, because they've still got plenty of some really controversial ones left to go in this session of the court, which is going to be for quite a few months. And with that, my friends, I'm just going to call it a day today. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, again, subscribe to the In Black and Right podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms. It's going to be fun, and we're going to be doing quite a bit this week. And I'm not exactly sure which day I'm going to get into it, but there is a, an executive order. 14067 that really is going to be interesting to see what happens because it's about to be implemented uh, in mid-December and it has to deal with digital currency and I want to get into that a little bit this week but we've still got plenty to do to get ready for uh, for showtime that's next Tuesday November the 8th also again just check us out uh, on our website in blackandright.net, tell your friends, uh, tell you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, you know, whatever. Like-minded people, patriots, MAGA folks, America first, doesn't matter. We're okay, and life is fantastic, or at least we're working on getting there. But there's some other things I want to get into first. But for now, my friends, have a terrific Monday. Take care of yourselves, God bless, and always remember, patriots come in all colors.